When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kyrie, Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Coming up on the show, we'll rehash today's NBA draft lottery, how it affects the Celts, what it means for a potential AD trade, and just its general effect on the NBA landscape. We'll get to the Reddit recap, and to close it out, we're just going to map out the offseason. I was looking at some of the key dates and events basketball-wise that occur between now and October, and there's kind of just enough to survive on through the cold winter. Anyway, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives, is here, as per usual, to discuss what it means to be a Celtics fan in these strange times. Jackson, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm all right, man. I uh, I, I don't miss stressing over this team, um, but I do miss um, not having a horse in the race and watching, you know, two really good teams, four really good teams rather go at each other. So um, that sucks. But other than that, you know, man, it's all good. It's all good. We've got plenty to, plenty to go over, so I'm all right. Yeah, like the, the playoffs have been good. I, I saw someone on Twitter. I, I wish I could shout them out. I can't remember who it was, but they said, um, I miss the Celtics. Like not these Celtics, but just the Celtics. I miss the Celtics in my life and like, totally feel that. Um, so look, the, the draft lottery happened yesterday. And just like we all expected, New Orleans ended up with the first pick. Yeah. While hashtag sack pick stuck at number 14. Let's get right to the obvious question. How does everything that happened yesterday, lottery-wise, affect the Celtics' offseason as far as a potential AD trade? Um, it's not that clear, is it? Um, I, I would have assumed that whoever got the number one pick, other than New Orleans, would have immediately catapulted to the front of the AD um, trade line. And I think everyone was expecting that to be New York, so it would have written itself. And then you could have expected the Kyrie and Kevin Durant stories to, to gather steam from there. But uh, yeah, like you said, just like everyone picked, it was New Orleans. The, the, having the, the, the Zion as like the, the trade like sort of piece out there in terms of like what we would have to compete with going after AD that I feel like that's been nullified but then you look at the Lakers you know they, they their pick went a, a long way up to number four so that could be something else it, it's no clearer to me at all to be perfectly honest man what do you what do you think well yeah like the the one pick going to New Orleans is really spicy because it, it adds this scenario that I don't think anyone had sort of added no, to the, the various not. flavors of what could happen this offseason. Um, and yeah, like you, you kind of touched on it, but any team who got the number one pick could have easily usurped us in what, what kind of package they could offer for Anthony Davis in the offseason. And now it's like, it's kind of like no one has it. 
right? Because the team who wanted it got it, and now no one can offer it to them. Mm. You know, there are other teams with other good picks. You mentioned the Lakers with the number four pick that they can add to their their package of um, who is it? Lonzo Ball and and Kyle Kuzma and, and Brandon Ingram. Mm. Uh, but look, the meanwhile the the Celtics hold on the Memphis pick that's rolled over. That's um, retained its value if anything that value has has heightened a little bit um and and there's a lot of sort of discourse going on at the moment about like who can offer the best package i think new york are kind of out of the running now Mm -hmm. um given that they haven't landed a decent pick unless um you know number four i I suppose that could potentially land them rj barrett um and if new orleans decide that those two duke guys have some chemistry and, and should be paired up together Maybe there's something there. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch many uh, college games, let alone Duke games this year. But my initial thoughts, and I'm I'm happy to be told that I'm incorrect, are that the Celtics still have the best-ish trade package. Mm. Yeah. Um. I guess it's given the season we've just had. Like you could. You you could make the argument that the um that the assets being you know namely Jason Tatum and and to a lesser extent Jalen Brown their value has actually gone down a little bit. Now I don't buy that at all, but like I think given the, the impression that people had of them as players, probably Tatum more so uh, after the last playoffs versus this one is probably not as not as hot. But I think the the number one pick going to um, New Orleans it puts them. Not that they weren't in a position of power anyway. I mean, they they could have picked, they could have taken whatever package they want. But now they're specifically looking for players to pair with Zion Williamson. So um, they're not going to be able to get you know one of this, one of that, one of the other, unless they can engineer some sort of like mass team trade that would just be you know absurd. But you, you would have to think they'd be looking for players that would complement Zion. And I think the best thing you could do to complement Zion, not that I know a great deal about him, is just to put shooters around him. Because as far as I'm concerned, like his his shooting isn't his isn't what people are going nuts about. It's his power, it's his athleticism, it's, it's everything else like that. So surround him with a, a decent shooter, namely a, a Jason Tatum or whatever, then that could, you know, be something else. But they might be looking at, you know, Kuzma and, and Ingram or, or, you know, someone else that we haven't even considered yet too. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's no clearer to me whatsoever. But um, I, I, I still think, I, I don't think Anthony Davis is staying. I think that was a theory that might have, like, gotten some air to it. But, you know, what if he chooses to stay and play with Zion? I don't think that's happening at all. But I think it, um, I think the Pelicans are in a, a much, much better position than they were um, before this, obviously. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, similarly, the Celtics, um, their position is not degraded in any way, you know, given that another team could potentially dangle that number one pick in front of them to to get ahead of us. Uh, in the sweepstakes there, I, I, you know, you mentioned surrounding Zion with shooters. So like going back to the Lakers stuff, right? So, you know, the, the package has always been Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram and, and Kyle Kuzma. Lonzo Ball, not a great shooter. Plus, they've already got uh, Drew Holiday on the team. He's, he's um, signed for, I believe, at least another year, if not two, which kind of nullifies the whole Lonzo Ball thing, I think, unless mm. they're looking to get rid of... Um, Drew Holiday for you know other pieces and whatnot. Kuzma and Ingram are, are decent shooters. Um, I think there's a bit of a positional um, double up as far as Zion and Kuzma, uh, as far as kind of like stretch four-y mm. big guys who are sort of cross between a three and a four. Um, meanwhile, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, <laughs> I can feel the bias oozing out of me, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and, and the Grizzlies. I just. I've tried to think um, from a neutral standpoint. Obviously, that's impossible, but I just feel like, you know, those two, the two Jays and the Grizzlies pick and, you know, the, the 14 pick and whatever else, 
I just feel like as far as pairing those guys up with with Zion, so what Tatum is twenty, twenty one, Jalen is twenty two, Zion's going on nineteen years old, that just seems like a really good like starting point if you're rebuilding. It seems like a dream scenario. We would have to part ways with the Jays, but you know, obviously we'd get Anthony Davis in return. Yeah. Getting way ahead of ourselves here, but that just I just feel like we're still in the best position there. I, I would agree with that too, yeah. If not slightly biased. So user Airmag Swag made made a post basically answering the same question or asking the same question. He says, So what's the AD trade package look like now? Just pulled up this post, I bookmarked it yesterday, and it's been removed from Celtics Reddit. Don't know if that was a mod thing or a thing done by Airmag Swag, but the first comment is by user Frozen Envelopes, who writes, I don't think one J plus Marcus Smart is enough, even if you add the Memphis pick. It may be both J's. That's a lot for Boston to give up, but we have to at least acknowledge the possibility. Everything depends on Kyrie at this point. I just wonder where Ainge draws the line and says it's too much to give up for AD. So it's probably fair enough. At some point, we're going to cross that threshold, right? And just decide to, to walk away entirely. <laughs> that's, definitely, that, that's definitely a, um, a, a possibility. I, I've been saying for a while now, I would, I, I would not accept a package that got rid of um, Tatum, Brown, and Smart. I think... Personally, I think realistically, we can keep one of those three. I think if we can keep two of those three and package something else together, then that's a, that's a, an outstanding um, success. Um, but again, it's 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 really hard to say because, like you said, it is dependent on what Kyrie is going to do. And at least amongst the fan base now, I feel like there's a big split over people who don't want Kyrie versus people who do. And we want him to stay, but we need him to like you know not spout so much shit into <laughs> the media or like behave more like a leader. So there's a lot of things up in the air. And yeah, Danny Ainge, you know the poor dude coming off a, a, a heart attack, is now going to have like probably one of the most pivotal off seasons, um, you know, for the Celtics in a long, long time. Because I think if if, he, if we get the moves right, whether that's don't we don't go for Anthony Davis, we build around the young guys, we try and add some veterans along the way, um, versus um, getting rid of our most valuable assets and you know getting AD something that's been on the cards seemingly like since forever. Um, yeah. that might pay off fantastically well. I think that's a great matchup for, to throw at the likes of Giannis and Kawhi if he stays in the East uh, for years to come. Um, or AD could be a dud, you know? He, he, he might be injured. He might uh, not have the same impact that we anticipated he would. I doubt that that would be the case. But then Kyrie could could still maybe not want to be here, but then he has to sign a contract, so you'd imagine he would be. So like, it's a really big offseason. The more I think about it, this is really, really pivotal for the Celtics for the next next few years. Yeah, and in terms of like what's good for Danny Ainge's heart, at least if you build around like the known commodities in in the Jays and and Smart and whatnot, like at least you know what you've got there for a little while. You can keep your expectations tempered, and I don't know, like you can kind of just relax for a little bit and like see what happens. Where you know, as opposed to like you said, trading everything for AD, and then it, the whole thing could just shit the bed again, and it could mm. somehow end up being worse than last season because you know, with that trade are going to come those same lofty expectations. And we put ourselves, like dare I say it, in another position to be disappointed again down the line, two seasons in a row. Um, that's obviously a nightmare scenario, but um, it could happen. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy offseason. I hope, hope Danny Ainge is like hitting the cardio and the, the low uh, cholesterol snacks and like, you know, keeping gotta himself get, fit. Got to get that fish oil in you, Danny. Got to do it, mate. <laughs> for, the, yeah. for, the good of, for the good of the Celtics. <laughs> fish oil. Yeah. Uh, that's a hot tip. So user Darth Awesome writes uh, another post on Celtics Reddit. Zion to NOLA, New Orleans, is the best case scenario. And he, he has three points here. Point number one, it takes the only asset 
Better than Tatum off the table. Kind of already discussed that. Mm. Number two, New Orleans will still probably trade AD. Young pieces will fit Zion's window better. Number three, he's in the West and not with one of the, our big market rivals. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, pretty much sums up everything that we've said. But um, I, yeah, I, th- I think that that's a pretty agreeable point. Like, we've taken the number one pick completely off the drawing board, out of the sweepstakes, really keeps us in the driver's seat in terms of, like, do we cross that threshold and give up everything to make this trade happen? We, we can essentially make that decision now and AD is ours. I say ours, Danny Ainge and the Celtics, <laughs> if, uh, if they want them or if we want them. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't consider the fact that, yeah, it was, it's another potential um, future um, superstar powerhouse that's going to end up in the West now. Um, so that just it doesn't seem to be letting up. So you were talking about the Kyrie stuff a second ago. We kind of touched on that very quickly. And like now that we've had some time to, I guess, simmer down since the season officially ended, where's your head at now with the Kyrie stuff? And then like in terms of what we could potentially do this offseason, like what do you what do you hope for with regards to Kyrie? The the my initial reaction without delving too deep into my thought process, because if I do that, I'll start like, you know, second guessing myself. I want him to stay. I want him to stay and I want us to try and sign Anthony Davis because, you know, let's face it, not a lot of people like this team um, from this season. So uh, if Kyrie goes, then obviously it's not the same team. It's, it's probably closer to the, to the team that we had the year before, um, which might fix a lot of our issues. It might alleviate whatever um, tension or, um, or issues there were in the dressing room. If you believe that they're, um, you know, coming directly from Kyrie. Um, but having said that, I, I still think, uh, I still think the best way for us to put ourselves into championship contention is to get another star player. And I don't think we can get another star player without retaining the one star player we already have. I mean, Gordon Hayward still potentially could, you know, turn a corner. I believe he will. Um, and in that case, if we can have those three, then like, shit, we should theore- theoretically be very stacked and very, very good. But, you know, we, said, we were saying the same thing a year ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I want him to stay. I think he will, but the one thing I've learned about Kyrie this season is that he's he's pretty unpredictable. You know, it was it was a lock he was staying at, at the start of the season. You know, the, the the ads with his dad and he wants the number retired and he announced it at the thing, um, the the players or the, the fans meeting, um, and and it was a lock. And then just out of nowhere, like shit just started going wrong. I was like, no, nope, no, no, I don't I don't know anybody's shit. I'm not just signing anything. I'm not going anywhere. Blah blah blah. And it just was so just out of the blue. So if we're going to sign Kyrie for that kind of money for the next five years, I think we're going to have to be prepared for um, incidents like that along the way. Mm -hmm. And that could be a frustrating (laughs) experience for everybody. But I think it's undeniable that with Kyrie on the team and a potential Anthony Davis on the team, that's that's a blockbuster. That's a blockbuster um, squad so i want to see us go for that but you could easily convince me of the other the other way if that's what you think then well if he walks away it kind of fucks our cap situation i i didn't realize this in my anger towards Kyrie at the end of the bucks series but if he leaves like he gets paid 20 million dollars a year or whatever we're already over the cap and it doesn't suddenly free up 20 million dollars a year in salary space for us yeah right there's a lot of people posting on Celtics Reddit and then posts being promptly deleted where it's like, let's sign Kemba Walker. Like, we can max him, right? Let's sign like Darren Collison and all this stuff. And it's <laughs> the like, first no, one like, wasn't with... so bad, but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But like, either way, like, with what cap space? Like, we don't have any cap space. We still have Al Horford and Gordon Hayward under max contracts. And then we've got some sort of um, early drafted um, folks on rookie contracts that are sort of consuming a lot of that space, Marcus Smart as well. 
Um, we, we don't have any cap space and, you know, we've got Kyrie's bird rights so we can re-sign him to that Supermax. Um, it's not like if he leaves, we can just be like, all right, who's the other free agent superstar that we can sign? It's, like, it's Kyrie or like fucking no one. So it really, player, yeah. it really needs to be Kyrie. And like in terms of putting this team in the best possible position, I think we all probably, whatever ill feelings we have towards Kyrie, we have to put it aside and just be like, well, you're kind of the best option we have. So let's just sign him. Yeah. And worst case, he's a tradable commodity down the line. Mm. But then in addition to that, you get him under you know a five-year, whatever, four-year max contract. Suddenly there's not this looming free agency and maybe that changes his approach because there's not this like secretive, well, maybe I'm doing this in the offseason. Maybe I'm doing that. It's just like, I am a Celtic until you decide to get rid of me. That, that's just yeah. how it is. Maybe that changes his approach the, or maybe I've lost my mind. I, I don't know, man. The one thing that the, the one major reservation I have about re-signing Kyrie is that it's going to become Kyrie's team. Well, like, maybe not necessarily Kyrie's team. If we get Anthony Davis as well, then it could be, you know, something else entirely. But like, I feel like everything is going to have to be done on his terms from there on out. Um, and as I was saying before, he's unpredictable. He can be, you know, he can be a malcontent. He can be, um, he can say the right things and do the right things. And on the basketball court, like, I mean, you take out the, the, the last, um, the last uh, four games we saw of him, you know, he's, he's incredible. You know, we, the highlights of the regular season were basically his and his alone. So, um, Obviously, I want a player of that caliber, but five years of of potential, you know, Kyrieisms and episodes and shit like that. I just don't, I just don't feel that's a, a a great mindset to be going into giving someone that much money. Now, this is me, obviously. I'm not Danny Ainge. I don't know what like their relationship is like. If they think, if they're confident they can make it work, and they think that getting rid of a few players that are currently there and bringing someone else in is going to alleviate that, then I trust them to do so. But there's just always going to be that reservation about resigning him for me. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be thrilled if he, if he does. But then it's like, okay, shit. Well, now we're you know strap yourselves in because, <laughs> like you said, he'd be, yeah. he'd be a tradable commodity, sure. But like that's um, you're not going to sign a guy with the, the thing thinking, oh, let him on office doesn't work out. We can just trade him away. Like no, it's got to be. We've got to be like you know all in on Kyrie if we're going to give him the money. So I don't know. I yeah, it's a it's quite a fork in the road. Um, user Young Cobe or Young Cobb writes, "I think we are giving up on Kyrie too soon." And then conversely, user Sad Celtics fan six 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 writes, "I don't want AD. I want to build around the Jays." So, I guess you could say the the Celtics fan community is somewhat divided on this. Rightly so. Like it, it is a fork in the road. It's a tough decision and. Like, do we choose old faithful in our young, homegrown, like Celtics kiddos, you know, with Al and with Gordo and go in that direction and guys that we love and like have kind of, I guess, not necessarily played the way we want them to play, but have conducted themselves, you know, on or off the court the way that we like? Or do we go with the superstar, enigmatic, like Uncle Drew, Flat Earth, like (laughs) Jimi Hendrix, Kyrie Irving and build around that? Like it's... Both are very compelling and interesting, and it's a weird position to be in. And I, yeah, I hope that Danny Ainge's sort of cardiac situation is uh, is on the up because he's he's going to need some sort of um, stability, mentally and physically and otherwise, to to deal with this one. It's they've, tough, definitely. They, I was I will say finally on that though, they've they've definitely this is Danny Ainge in the front office in general. They've definitely earned my trust over the past few seasons. All the moves I think have been the correct ones, regardless of whether they've been a bit cold hearted or a bit cruel. And I think we know what um 
what that one is. But um, I, I, I trust that they'll make the right decision. I trust that they're prepared and that they've thought everything through. So whatever it is, you know, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be cool with it. Yeah, I, I, I still feel that way. But it also feels like only a year ago, the talk of the town was like, wouldn't like what position would you rather be in other than the Celtics position? They've got all these great young players. They've got, you know, superstar max players or at least all-star max players under contract. They've got young guys, you know, like Rogier and Brown and Tatum. They've got all these picks. Like what position would you rather be in? And then suddenly, you know, less than a year down the line, Kyrie might walk. You know, there's murmurs of Al opting out. Uh, you know, the Hayward contract is maybe not great. And like suddenly we could find ourselves in that sort of stuck in that that realm of mediocrity where we're like mm-hmm. a six five seed and with no cap space to really do anything. That's only a year later. Like it's suddenly it's like what's going on with this rebuild? We had this entire future ahead of us, and now it's way way more questionable. And I wasn't wasn't prepared for that psychologically. And like here we are, kinda. Yeah, yeah. Still, even at that point, that just tells me that. I mean, what what was what was the front office meant to do? Like everyone was saying, yeah. you've done a fantastic job. This is the best position to possibly be in. So like, totally. sweet, you've done a great job, and it didn't work out. So I I I can't put that on the front office. I can only put that on um, conflicting personalities, issues in the dressing room. Maybe a little bit even on Brad Stevens. His comments, you know, since the season has ended, has um he seems to be taking a lot of the the blame and responsibility on himself. So uh, yeah, it, uh, again. Massive offseason on the way. I have no idea where it's going. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't think they're going to make moves out of desperation or out of panic. I think there's still no. a very there's still there's still a game plan. I think the game plan ultimately results in in Anthony Davis, and then we'll 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 see how it turns out. But um, yeah, I, I I still trust them. I still trust them, regardless of whether it gets worse from here. I think they've I think they've done everything they can. Yeah, we need some of that spicy uh, lucky leprechaun to show up and, and give us some of that, that old school Celtics <laughs> magic going into this offseason. A, a couple of quick Reddit comments on the draft lottery again before we move on. User Lolcina wrote, that was an absolute disaster. Could have been worse, but still a disaster. Mm-hmm. And user Your Platypus writes, in my opinion, huge win for us. Grizz keep pick. Zion as a trade ship doesn't exist anymore. Um, RJ will be good, but won't make the Knicks a destination, which is all true. Mm. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Any other final uh, final thoughts on the on the draft lottery before we move on? No, no. I think it's um, I think it's <laughs> in- interesting developments without really changing our our position on on anything. Really, <laughs> funnily enough, yeah. so that seems what it's ha- that seems how it's uh, gone down. Final shout out to user Larbird33, who I was chatting to friend um, of the show. Out, outside of Reddit. That's right. Friend of the show. He, he writes, hot take, Ja Morant is going to De'Aaron Fox the Memphis pick in two years and we'll regret not getting number nine when we have the chance. Um, <laughs> possibly. can we'll see. Totally see that happening. Consider it, yeah. I mean, Memphis, you'd think sooner or later. They might be like the Suns. They might still be average for a couple of years time. But yeah, there's every chance that they, they blow up. Um, and yeah, <laughs> that could very well happen. <laughs> Someone much smarter than me wrote on some publication on Twitter or whatever that um, new rookie point guards who are leading a team with no other decent players around them, assuming that Conley moves on, usually take a couple of years before they elevate like the, mm. the seating of their team. So hopefully that is a promising outcome for us. But yeah, Ja Morant, spicy player. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back in a moment for the Reddit recap.
Alright folks, welcome back. This is the Reddit recap and we're going to start with a post by user Who's Forgotten and it's basically all the Terry Rogier stuff that he said on first take. Um, Jackson, did you see, like he, he did, um, someone called it the, the car wash of ESPN where he went and did all of the shows. I guess the first mm. take was the most prominent on YouTube, but um, obviously had a lot of comments about the Celtics this year and chemistry and his future and... Um, got, kind of gave us more of an insight into, I guess, stuff that we kind of already knew, but it wasn't confirmed. Yeah. Um, wh- where are you at with that? Um, I only watched half of it. I found it slightly cringy just because... Boring. Yeah, yeah. but like, you know, that's that's the go with shows like, you know, First Take, Undisputed, etc. Like, they'll just, they will, they will make, take the most outlandish, absurdist, like far-reaching takes and, and, and go with that. So when you get a guest on it, they're going to try and they're going to corner him and ask him like all these hot-button issues about, you know, what went wrong with the Celtics and who do you hate most, Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward? And like, like putting him on the spot with all this shit. And I, th- I thought he... I, I, I didn't think he did anything wrong, so to speak, but like I think the whole reason he was there really was just to get his face out there ahead of free agency, if I'm honest. <laughs> not that like yeah. GM, not that GMs are watching first take thinking, oh, he looks good, we'll go there. But I think he's, I think he's trying to... I think he's aware he's not going to be back at the Celtics or he's not going to be offered a, a, anything near where what he wants to be uh, professionally. So I think he's on the way out. And I think he's just, it's just his, like, you know, his, um, his, hello, everybody, remember me? I'm Terry Roger, sort of yeah. <laughs> TV little spell there. But um, I had no real issue with it there. I just didn't, partic- I'm just not that particularly interested because I don't really think Terry Roger is going to be a Celtics player for much longer. No. Well, that answers my question as far as, um, it being like an agent-driven thing to get your face out of there because mm. my, my question was, why? Like, why do it, Terry Rogier? Like, <laughs> why aren't you in Cancun, like, swimming up to a pool bar, like, drinking a cocktail? Why yeah. are you sitting in a studio with Stephen A. Smith talking shit about the past? Um, but I guess it must be to get his face out there or something. But, you know, we had a lot of talk about, um, like, possessions versus guys like Gordon Hayward. Like, you mentioned Gordon Hayward a couple of times. Mm. Um, and I, again, it was just, you know, confirming something that we, like, we thought of, but didn't know in that Gordon Haywood, Haywood was this teacher's pet or coach's pet or whatever, and, and maybe getting more possessions than other guys on the team liked. But um, a user, I'm a sniper, has put in the comments of this thread, the time of possessions per game, Terry Rogier 3.7 minutes, Gordon Haywood, two minutes, and then touches per game, Terry Rogier. 51.9 and Hayward 45.5. Yeah. What is this walking garbage can on air talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I just I'm a sniper's words. But sorry. sorry yeah. I, I, just, I don't think he's very bright and I'm, I'm and I don't mean to be like patronizing <laughs> or anything, but he doesn't seem like, like a bright dude. So like maybe he wasn't like fully aware of the, the ramifications of what he was saying or maybe he just didn't care. You know what I mean? Like he probably, he feels like he, ha- he, he said, you know, he had to sacrifice the most out of, out of anybody on the team. Um, uh, he probably feels like if he was given the right chance, then Terry Rogier from, the, from last season's playoffs would have been Terry Rogier all throughout the regular season and these ones. And I, I, think, I think without meaning exactly what he said about Gordon Hayward coming in and taking his touches and like forcing him to the back of the queue, I don't think that's what he, was, he meant to say specifically, but that's kind of how it was you know, coerced um, out of him because, yeah, like the numbers back it up doesn't, doesn't make any sense. So... <laughs> Yeah, and like the stats, you know, that that's one thing, but plays called for, like maybe they, they called a lot more plays for Gordon Hayward, maybe they didn't work out and the ball ended up in Rogier's hands or someone else's maybe hands more often. Terry Rogier. <laughs> maybe yeah, that's why well, they didn't yeah. work out. Initiating those plays yeah. poorly. 
But, um, you know, I, I guess, um, like getting back to the Kyrie stuff from earlier, you start to stamp out some of these chemistry issues. Maybe Rogier walks. Um, there are less mouths to feed, less cooks in the kitchen. And maybe that's the sort of thing where Kyrie Irving starts to think like, oh, hang on, like maybe the best time for me to spend my prime of my career is actually in Boston with Brad Stevens and a, and a reformed Celtics sans Terry Rogier. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, maybe a bit of a money grab from Rogier and his agent and getting his face out there, but probably not much else to read into there. I want to move on. A user, uh, Matten77783, posted a report from NBCSports.com. Al Horford would like to stay with the Celtics and open to a team-friendly deal. This is something that we've openly fantasized about for a long time. Mm. A Papa Sportif would opt out of his gargantuan contract, opt in for a little less for a longer period of time, allowing us a little cap space to be a little bit creative, bring in some spicy free agents. Um, now, you know, this is it's just a report. No one knows anything. I can't emphasize that enough. There's reports coming out of the asses of all of the reporters out there, especially mm. this time of year um, as we enter the offseason. Um, but this would obviously be nice. Um, do you think it'll happen? Uh, well, not that not that it was the same scenario, but like Baines did something similar last year. Like he he was, I think he was an unrestricted free agent, um, but he wasn't opting out of anything. But yeah, now he took a, a team friendly deal um, to stay. I, it'll say a lot about this team if Al decides to do this to opt out and take a less money. Yeah. That would show you that like probably one of the most senior, intelligent, important figures of the of the of the team believes in what's going on and wants to be a part of it and wants to take less money because of that. That would be a fantastic sign if it happened. Um, if, if he didn't do it and he just wanted to stay on his contract and, and, and you know, keep, keep making his money, then I couldn't blame him for that either. Um, but if he wanted to opt out and leave, not that I think that's going to happen, but that would be, that would be pretty worrying if, um, if that was the case. But um, now obviously, I hope he, he does it. And I think if he does, it's, it's, it's a brilliant indicator of... Um, at least where his head is at, and that he would probably have a good pulse on the team. I would assume so anyway. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Al Horford re-signing for any amount, even opting in, I guess, is a, a real metric for success and an indicator, like you say, Jackson, that this team is in a better place than maybe some of us feel. Mm. Um, I, I need some of that. Like I, uh, So Timmy, the Celtics Reddit highlights guy, like posted Kyrie Irving's season highlights recently. Yeah. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch them. Don't know about you. <laughs> just in a, a bad place with the team still. Like it's still, it's like a, it's like a breakup that's still like sort of fresh in your yeah. mind. I, I saw the thumbnail on YouTube earlier and the, my first thought was, I oh, mean, oh, good on you, Timmy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I'm staring sh- into the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's right in the aftermath. He, he knows he's got a duty to bring, you know, smiles back to the faces of, um, of Celtics fans. And um, I mean, take all the negativity away. Like Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's highlights are, are pretty fun to watch anyway but like the fact that he actually went out there and did it you know despite everything yeah good on you timmy you just you, you, you keep delivering man yeah it's really the al horford of celtics fans yeah. uh, <laughs> so he doesn't have to opt out for less money <laughs> just, just stay or stay in man so bringing that back home if al horford decides to opt out and opt back in for less or, or um rejoin the team I, I think that is like a stabilizing event that maybe i don't know at least for me Maybe I can go back and start to revisit some of those more recent highlights and be like, ah, Celtics, and just kind of start to feel a little bit better about everything. Totally. So, um, yeah, obviously looking forward to that. Um, look, before we wrap this one up, I wanted to quickly map out the upcoming offseason because I know these are kind of um, like destabilizing 
times you might feel like as a basketball fan, particularly as a Celtics fan, you're just kind of like wandering around in the in the dark, not knowing what to do, waiting for training camp, waiting for any new content to come out. And like we're not in the playoffs. Like we didn't have particular success in the draft lottery. Like we're not in the news at the moment. So like what what are the uh, the pillars? Um, what what are the lighthouses on the distant cliffs to to look out for as far as what you can enjoy? Um, I want to start with the the obvious one. We've got the playoffs at the moment. We've got the two conference finals happening. Uh, Jackson, got any predictions? Any hot takes for who's going to win each of these conference finals and, and go on to win the win the chip? Uh, or any hopes? Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would love, 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 love for the for the Blazers to um to make the finals. I don't think that's going to happen though. Unfortunately, I think the Warriors even with <laughs> even without Durant, like it's not that they get yeah. they don't get better, they don't get worse. It's like they just they just adjust the game plan and just roll on. So yeah, I think the Warriors are, are making the finals, probably winning it. But out of the East, um, I've got no idea to be perfectly honest. The game today was very interesting because it looked like Toronto had. <laughs> Had had some of that Celtics game one against Milwaukee um, yeah, juice, and mm-hmm. um, early on they they were they were hitting their threes. They looked like they were they were they were making an effort to wall Giannis off every time he went in, and they, when the passes either were getting you know stolen or when they went out they were missing open threes. I was like I've seen this show before, but um, no, look Milwaukee's come back and um, they are going to be very 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 tough to beat. But I think Kawhi is the kind of guy who could probably nullify anyone. Um, so I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm going to say the Raptors. I'm going to say the Raptors just because I think they're, I think Kawhi might get the better of Giannis, but then again, I've got no idea. Um, and but for the Warriors to win it all, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm cheering for the Bucks. I just, I like their team and like today against the Raptors, for example, they just like their role players stepped up. Like it was the role players for the Bucks were better than the role players for the Raptors, yep. even though Giannis and Kawhi were good in their own right. And as much as I love the Blazers, as much as I love Dame Time, I just don't see them. If they're not, you know, keeping it close against the Durantless Warriors, then I don't really like they can probably bring Durant back if they need to. I just don't see them getting past as much as I appreciate them for knocking out the Denver Nuggets. Um <laughs> as do I. Uh, yeah. Um so yeah, I I'm I'm cheering for the Bucks. I feel like if it's going to be Giannis versus the the Warriors, like that's the most potentially entertaining final series. So, yeah, I think so that's too. what I'm rooting for. So moving on, the draft, June 20th. Um So a- around this time, heading into the draft, what are the the key indicators um for you Jackson in terms of the direction the front office has decided to go in? Like for example, trading picks or obviously trading for AD. Like, what do you sort of hope to have happened by this point? Um, I don't think that free agency is a thing at that point. So, but there are things that the that the sorry the the front office could do to sort of indicate a potential direction. Have you kind of are you looking for anything around that time around the draft? Um, not particularly. I expect movement on draft night. I expect us to to put some things together and to um, either move up or move down or, or trade or I expect moving on the night. So I'm, I'm going to be watching that very closely. Um, anything up until that point though, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I would like 
Kyrie to come out and and say something really positive about he is going to resign and you know next year is going to be a better year and I would love for everyone to come out and just say the right things and you know or you know and and whatnot. But uh, I I don't know. I think I think there's going to be a lot of radio silence. There's going to be a lot of rumors. There's going to be a lot of articles. There's going to be a lot of like tweets and leaks and things like that coming out. But I don't think we're going to have a, a real idea of what um of what the master plan is until until draft night itself. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I should have said, sorry, that uh, June 13th, a week before the draft, is the opt-out date for Kyrie Irving. And we can all safely assume that he's going to opt out of his contract, hopefully yep. to, to re-sign him, and then June 20. So as, as far as navigating your off-season, the finals will end you know, early June, like June 5th, June 7th, depending on how long it goes. Uh, June 13th, Kyrie opt-out date. June 20 is your draft. You know, Hopefully that's when we can start to expect an AD trade, for example, which would mm. indicate, you would imagine, sort of a handshake with Kyrie Irving and potentially other suitors as far as piecing together a team. Then free agency starts officially in uh, early July. I think it's July the 1st. The Is it the memor- memorandum? Is that the right word? I think I've got that wrong. Um, I definitely fucked that up. Anyway, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, early July, free agency becomes a thing, and that's officially F5 season as far as refreshing Reddit on mm-hmm. a, a minute-by-minute basis. Um, and, and thus presents from July till August the biggest gap in the offseason where, uh, I'm afraid to say it, Celtics fans, you're, you're on your own. That's when I would recommend um, digging into YouTube, watching the highlights of the 2008 championship season. Uh, watching Anthony the- Davis highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, preparing yourself. Uh, yeah, doing some MyGM on 2K or whatever it is that you need to do, going on long walks, maybe unplugging for a little while. And then this year, we're blessed in late August with the FIBA World Cup, the Basketball World Cup. So um, there was a, a much more bland offseason last year, a lot more hype last year, but nothing to fill that huge gap between like August and the start of the season. And now we've got the World Cup. And if you're in Australia, Team USA are coming to Australia. Team Canada are coming to Australia. Uh, ben Simmons just confirmed he's playing for the Boomers. Hey. So there's some huge stuff basketball-wise, outside of the NBA that's actually happening in this little corner of the globe. So uh, I'm going to be very involved in all of that. And, uh, you know, I would highly recommend if you're in, in town, in the area, get involved. It's going to be fun. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if like a lot of people are big on international basketball at all, really. But uh, just as a couple of Australians speaking here, I really like our team. I really like the, <laughs> the Boomers team. Like you've got, you've got Simmons, Mills, Ingles, you could play Baines, like Bogut, I guess, could play, Thonmaker. Exum could be back. Exum, Delavadova, uh, Mitch Creek <laughs> played for the Brooklyn Nets for like five minutes. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's a fun team, man. And I'm 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 looking forward to seeing us getting beaten by the US, you know, not comprehensively, but <laughs> yeah. I look I expect us to see us put up a couple of uh, uh of a couple of good showings, but um ultimately still get beaten by the US. Uh, yeah, I mean, the US, even if they bring out their, like, C-Squad, it's still going to be, like, Dream Team vibes. They're still going to, yeah. you know, they're still going to lay one on us, it but it's going to be probably, fun. It would still probably be the best team in the West, even the, like, the C-Team for the USA. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to lead us through uh, mid-August all the way through to mid-September, that tournament. And then late September is training camp. That's when you start to get those spicy photos of the team, you know, training camp, posing for media day and all that kind of stuff. And then it all kind of gets going again. So, you know, it's not all that bad some stuff to look forward to in these uh, otherwise dark times uh yeah all right that's gonna do it for this one uh if you like what you're hearing please take the time to subscribe to and rate the podcast you can also find us on twitter at celtic reddit pod or you can just hit us up on reddit 
Jackson, love your work, babe. Thanks again. Likewise, Ben. Cheers. All right. Go Celtics. Whenever you're back in our lives, peace. <laughs>